It's time to lead the people. The show for aspiring leaders at every level. If you want to boost your self-confidence, get noticed, and maximize your impact by leading others, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Matt Pepsel. Ready to lead? Follow me. For my money, strategy is the most frequently used yet poorly understood management convention in organizations today. If a manager wants to call attention to an initiative or influence resource allocation, they simply slap a strategic label onto it. Yet if we took five minutes to ask our leaders to articulate the what and the why of our company's strategy and their specific contributions to its success, we'd cringe as they struggle to articulate their response. At its core, strategy is a framework comprised of three essential elements. One, characteristics. Which desirable attributes will uniquely define our product or service and by whom? Two, choices. What specifically will we do, and just as importantly not do, in pursuit of our desired future state? Three, combinations. How will the activities we pursue complement and enhance one another? As leaders, we play a critical role relative to strategy. Senior leaders need to articulate it, set limits, and have the courage to make trade-offs. Mid-level leaders need to propagate it and execute their responsibilities in alignment with it. Lower-level leaders need to comprehend the strategy and study its construction and role in organizational performance. What can we do to solve the water crisis? What can we do to solve crime? What what can we do for cancer? That was Paul Claxton. Paul is the founder and CEO of Reciprocity ROI, a technology management consulting firm. Paul's a thought leader, an investor, and a futurist. Like me, Paul's a former Marine. Unlike me, he's an expert in all things high-tech, including artificial intelligence, machine learning, virtual and augmented reality, and other mind-boggling advancements that are changing our world for the better. Usually. I connected with Paul to learn more about how we can see into the future as leaders. Let's listen in. You blew me away on your profile. You had this this uh, this phrase that you used where you talked about one oh. of your key purpose statements is advancing society forward. And I wonder if you'd tell us just a little bit more in your own words, like what, what does that mean, advancing society forward? So I have a lot of different um, kind of bullet points that I want to address on, on that statement. So mm-hmm. let, let's first off take, take everyone that's lived on the face of the earth. There's over... A, just over a hundred billion people that have ever been lived or like been born or, 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 and, and lived on the face of the earth. Right. And so when you think about all those people, how many of those people go unremembered, you know, they're, they're, they're not remembered. And, um, but then, you know, you think about the very small percentage of people that just had a major global impact, whether it be Henry Ford, right. Or, Thomas Edison or the Rockefeller, those names, those people are long gone, mm-hmm. but they, their names and even their businesses still live on today. Right. And so we think about like, why is that? Right. And so I'll come back to that. The other thing is in terms of advancing society forward is one of my concepts called perpetual velocity. Um, I came up with this concept. It's basically the business form, um, the opposite in, uh, uh, in, in business form of, uh, in theory of, uh, terminal velocity, which is basically, I set up a, a, a mathematical quadrant, the, um, you know, X, Y axis quadrant where you have quadrant one, two, three, and four, 
right? And so on the left side, you have quadrants two and three. Mm -hmm. And I call that kind of like the before life stage, right? Um, Whether you're talking about being born as a person or before you start a business. And we all start somewhere. You know, we might start on a negative quadrant three, or we might might start on a positive uh, quadrant, um, like in an advantage state uh, in quadrant two. Some, in other words, some of us are born from rich families. Some of us, you know, have kind of a silver platter handed to us. Some of us are born in a slum somewhere and we make our way up, you know, and mm-hmm. um, there's many successful people like that, right? And so ultimately, when you get to uh, point zero zero, that's when you're born or when your business starts. And that's kind of like goes in line with your purpose, right? And so it's, it's, it, you can always come back to point zero. X, you know, X marks the spot. So like point zero. And then from there, you know, you, you have a purpose from there. That's, that's, that's everything that you are, right? And then from there, you, you have a, you have, you build a vision on that purpose. And then that vision expands over time, right? And so you can either keep that vision going up in the quadrant one, up and forwards, um, or you can keep, or, or you know, the vision is going to crash and burn down in the quadrant four, right? Mm-hmm. And so the x-axis represents time, and time is perpetual; it goes on forever. Um, but velocity is not; velocity is a variable. And so we, in terms of advancing society forward, um, we we can look at companies as examples. We can look at the Ford Motor Company; they're still alive and thriving, right? Um, we can look at Blockbuster who went out of business because they failed to adapt. They failed to see the future, where the future was headed. And now Netflix is the king of, 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 of home TV, right? And so um, you, you have examples like that. Now, in terms of technology, I, I, won't, I won't call like I, – I would say that like while Netflix is obviously very successful, I wouldn't say it's, it's like a game changer – uh, you know, technology necessarily. Um, I wouldn't say that like they're solving world problems. Um, I think there's an education factor, but I, I don't think it's solving world problems. I look when when I look at companies and advancing society forward. I look at companies that are gonna solve world problems in terms of like things like the uh, uh, the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. You know, what can we do? to solve the water crisis? What can we do to solve crime? What, what can we do for cancer? What technologies are out there? You know, if, if, if a doctor can use a robot arm that, you know, has a, 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 um, a microscopic uh, needle to go inside of someone and remove cancer cells, you know, that's amazing. And, you know, if they can control it from an AR standpoint, that's amazing. You know, if we can do that, things like that to solve like major diseases and make a real world impact, that's what I call advancing society forward. Gotcha. Okay. Now, improve, improving people's lives is, is a different side of that. You inevitably improve people's lives. I mean, I don't know if I should be watching Netflix every day. Honestly, I don't know how much that's going to improve my life. I, I, I love Netflix. I think they're a great company, but in terms of when I look at unicorn companies, I look at like the bigger problem you can solve, the more impact you're going to have on society. And so ho- hopefully that kind of explains where I'm come from as, as far as that's concerned. And, you know, you got to keep 
again, like you got to keep moving. Um, you got to keep is is an innovator, is an entrepreneur, is a tech company, is any company. You got to keep moving, right? You got to keep reinventing yourself. Um, otherwise, you're gonna die, and you're gonna crash and burn. And then your vision, you know, that bubble that keeps getting bigger, um, that vision bubble is gonna eventually burst, you know. And so, if you want to keep going forwards with time and upwards, and and maintain that velocity, that perpetual velocity, you got to keep reinventing yourself and 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 focusing on. Um, I, I think a lot of companies are shareholder driven and, um, you know, I even get that in, in my industry, like, oh, you know, we're consultants and, you know, this and that. And like, no, we're, we're, we're solving problems. You know, we're, we're problem solvers where I'm, I'm not a consultant. I'm a problem solver. So when you look at things, I'm not a salesman. I'm not any of that. I'm a problem solver, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's why anybody builds a business and they become an entrepreneur is because, Ultimately, they do want to solve problems. Yeah, and I, I think that you know your perpetual velocity framework that you described. When a new technology emerges, and there's initially some sort of fear, the reality is, is that that fear can hold us back from from adaptation, right? From from continuing to sustain some of the positive momentum that we've already created. When I think about Blockbuster, there may have been some that saw exactly what Netflix was doing. And probably challenged, we should change the business model to uh, meet this coming threat. But the reality is saying, I, we've had a lot of success. Have you have you seen this quadrant that Paul created? <laughs> we started off at zero, zero, and look at us, we're making billions of dollars. And the reality is that they're saying, well, hey, if we're not able to get through our discomfort and actually sustain this perpetual velocity, it came crashing back down to earth and then back down to that, that uh, Y equals zero that you mentioned all those years later. Well, I agree. And, you know, this goes back to, yeah, there were probably people in Blockbuster. Blockbuster was an amazing company, by the way. I'll be 40 in October, but Blockbuster, that's a part of my childhood. You know, and, and, you know, the thing is, is though, you let 50 years go by. Like, I don't see, I'm almost 40. I was born in 1981. I don't, I don't really know what a, what eight track players, I know, I know what they are. I've heard of them, but like, have I ever used one? No. Uh, I think I may have used the rotary telephone a few times, but you know, now you ask anyone that's like half my age, like 20 years old, what's a rotary telephone? They're, they're going to look at you like a deer in the headlight. <laughs> go to a museum. So yeah, exactly. So like, it's like, you think about companies like Blockbuster and 20 years from now, that name is just going to be like, blockbuster what's 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 a blockbuster you you know nobody's gonna know what that means and so for a while they did change they they did kind of become a um an iconic brand so to speak because you know we we came up with this terminology like you know if if the movie was like sold out in the movie theaters and regal cinemas oh it's a blockbuster you know type of thing and and that 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 name uh was all, all geared around positivity and success. And, and so Blockbuster, you know, was also able to associate themselves with that. But, you know, the thing is, is that there were probably people inside Blockbuster that were championing innovation, this and that. But once again, like what you have is, and I see this all the time in corporate, you have these egos, you have 
there's there's a threat. There's the vertical diet linkage theory, which says like if you're not in my group, then you know your opinion doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good you are at what you do if you're not in my group. So you know you get people they get you know maybe they get put in the positions that they shouldn't be in and this and that, and it, it becomes a very very kind of um, almost kind of like a um, uh, 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 nepotistic. Um, kind of culture, you know, where it's just like, you know, we're doing this because we have shares in the company and we don't want to see the value of our shares drop, you know? And so I'm, I'm sure that it was money driven. Why did we not make that change and become a technology video company, you know, and then Netflix came along and, and swept, you know, the, the they swept the rug out from under, underneath them, and you know, Blockbuster was seeing the end of the movie at that point. So, yeah. um, you know, and and that's kind of the way I look at it. I'm like, it can't just be about like, okay, we're going to be a shareholder driven company. No, we have to be a value driven company. Totally value yeah. driven. And, yep. and I and I think what I'm picking up on it's it's amazing is that the the purpose that you have and your why, and even the desire to, to have sustained perpetual velocity in and of itself doesn't prevent you from having discomfort, but your willingness to, to draw energy and, and motivation from su- sustained success means that you're willing to push through that discomfort. Because I know from Netflix as an example, when they made the move to stop mailing out DVDs and to go full streaming, that was not an easy choice. Oh, and they yeah. did not go the blockbuster route. And they said, we're going to change the business model and change it again by investing heavily in the studio side of things, right? And producing actual content as opposed to just distributing it. And these were not easy choices. But the the North Star that, that Reed Hastings and the, and the Netflix crew had, and that it was bigger, you know, it was it made the discomfort possible to, to break through it. And so if I go back to the beginning of our conversation, you're talking about the discomfort or the, the fear with new technologies and people might be, the workers might be afraid they're going to be displaced. But the reality is that having that purpose doesn't mean that you're going to be insulated from the discomfort, but you are going to be able to use it to push through perhaps. That, that's pretty amazing. Well, I, I, I agree. I agree. You know, and I just, I just think that um, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I, I, I feel like, um, you know, as I said, you know, being value driven, right. Yeah. You know, solving problems and this and that. And, and, and I feel like there, there is, there, there's always been a amount, uh, like kind of like a, a, a traditional or a, a, a conventional, um, you know, kind of egotistic nature, um, you know, and this isn't of course with all executives at, at, at the, at the C level, but it, it's, it's, it is pretty uh, common, you know, to, to run across these egos and it's like, you know, I just, so we, we were both in the Marine Corps and, and, in the Marine Corps, you know, it, we, we have a saying like, you know, a bullet doesn't know a name, you know? And so if, if you, if you kind of take that, that same approach to, um, to business, it's, it's almost like, um, you know, when, when you look at your, your, your company and, and, and this and that, like, there, there's no reason to, to have, have an ego because anybody can come and take your lunch at any given point in time. And, you know, and, um, you know, I, I think that when you look at kind of where, where, where a company is at now versus like where, you know, they, they would like to be, I, I, 
you know, I, I think there's too much ego many times and um, it's, it's the ego is, is kind of what, what ends up killing us. For example, um, the executives, <laughs> the executives sent Reed Hastings at Netflix, a, a kitchen sink. They, they said, Reed, Reed Hastings said, wow, Blockbuster has thrown everything but the kitchen sink at me. The next day, they, uh, the, the executives at Blockbuster sent them a kitchen sink in the mail. I'm just like, yeah, that's funny. Okay. But, <laughs> but I'm like, wow, the, just the audacity, the ego is like, you know, and so I, I think that people, you know, organizations tend to get caught up kind of in their own hype and their own success. And, uh, that's not something that, you know, you ever want to do or, or, or be in your organization. And so you want to kind of continue to, to, you know, reinvent and innovate and stay humble and, and continue to learn and so forth. You know, when I first started out as a manager, I struggled to find a leadership approach that fit. I tried to copy other leaders around me, but I always felt like I was walking around in somebody else's clothes. And that would have been an awkward conversation. Hey, Matt, is that my sweater? Look, nobody needs that. It all changed for me when I got clear about something that was inside me all along. I'm talking about my personal leadership values. Our values give our leadership purpose, direction, and focus. Now, I know what you're thinking. Sounds great, Matt, but how am I supposed to know what my leadership values are? All right, all right, calm down. I've coached many aspiring leaders on how to identify their leadership values, and now I'd like to help you do the same. I created a quick, free, and simple leadership values worksheet for you. Consider it my way of saying thanks for listening. To get your worksheet, just go to mattpepsel.com values. In less than 10 minutes, you'll walk away with a clear sense of your most deeply held leadership value and ideas to bring more of this yummy goodness into your day-to-day leadership. So go to mattpepsel.com values to get your free worksheet. Your next leadership level awaits. Now, back to the show. Yeah, the experiencing of that success you know, is is by itself poses some level of a threat because you want to sustain and keep things where they are. But that's not advancement. And you've pointed out advancing society forward in by definition means change and embracing the new and and making things more positive, more beneficial and sustaining that success. And that by definition is going to invite discomfort. And that's OK. Well, I'm, I'm and another thing on the shareholder thing. And I totally agree with that, Matt. Like, see, I'm willing to lose money to advance. Like I'm totally fine with that. And a lot of people aren't, you know, cause they're attached to it or whatever. But if it means, you know, fulfilling my purpose and, and, you know, along the lines of the vision of the organization, see, I'm not shareholder driven. If, if I can, if I can provide value and you know, the money will eventually come. Right. And so um, I think Elon Musk, he, he said, he said, you know, I, I invested in all my companies and and I was broke. I invested 180 million in all my companies and I was broke. Now let's let's face it. He he probably wasn't sleeping on his grandma's couch, but you know he 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 just wasn't as rich as he was. <laughs> let's just say that. But um, you know he he invested his money and and he he said you know I, I had no more left, and um, so he he did in a way kind of put it all on the line and but that's what it takes. I, I think day in and day out and. He, he was really, really trying to pr- provide, you know, that that transformational value to the market. And I, I truly admire that man for you know what he's been able to do as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we talk about vision and purpose, he has both of those things in spades. Right. So he's not investing money in things that he can't see or things that he doesn't yeah. believe in or that don't drive him. 
Uh, and, and I think he's so committed with every fiber of his being that he's willing to push to the brink in terms of, as you pointed out, the investment or the chances that he takes. And he's been he's uh, he's made good for that for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. So, I mean, you know, what I, all I can give you know to leaders is, you know, um, I, I would I would just say, you know, it's it's I, I don't I don't say that. um um, and, and in terms of success, you know, and, and you have to lead your organization like this, like success uh, is not a, an event, you know, fail, failure is, some, is a bump in the road that happens on a way to success. But success is just it's 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 not a, it's it's only, um, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's just it's, it's just an event, so to speak. But um, it's it's a lifestyle. You know what I mean? So it's. Um, it's not like a, a one-time thing and you're done. It's, it's a lifestyle or, you know, it's a culture, right? And so you, you just kind of breed a company around that, like around, you know, building a success-based culture, not, not an event-based culture that wants to have moments of success or um, they can't deal with failure. Failure is, is, is on the way to success, right? And that's, that's, you can't let failure shut you down and, and then you can't let success shut you down either um, because su- success stifles uh, some people and it kills them. You know, it's worse than failure because it kills them and they get hung up on that success. It's, it's just a, a one-time thing. You know, it's, that, that's, a, that's a lifestyle and embodiment that, that you got to have within your mind and, and your culture. So um, I would say to leaders, you know, I tell people in my company, I'm like, look, you know, I, I don't, I, 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 there, there's no, you're not a threat to me. <laughs> like, no, I, I want to learn from you. You know, that's, that's kind of the way I view it. And so I, I actually encourage people in my company to pursue outside opportunities because, you know, if you feel like that's gonna, you know, uh, lift your, your business acumen or improve yourself, then like, I don't view that as a threat to me. I, I, if you can improve yourself, then, you know, you're making, my experience with you better, you know, you're yeah. improving my company. So um, I encourage people to pursue board opportunities, like board advisor opportunities and stuff like that, um, you know, outside of my company. Um, obviously within limitations, like I don't, sure. you can't work for a competitor, like, right, right. <laughs> but you know, you get it. So <laughs> I get it. It, it. It's really great advice. And I appreciate you sharing with our listeners today, Paul. Uh, well, before I get you out of here, how for people who want to follow up with you or learn more about you, what's the best way they can do that? Uh, two websites. Um, you can go to my company website, uh, www.reciprocityroi.com. And then you can go to my uh, CV as well, Curriculum Vitae site, uh, www.bambusinesses.com. B-A-M stands for Businessman Athlete Marine. I love it. Paul, thanks so much for spending some time with me today. I've really enjoyed the conversation. I did too. Thank, thank you so much for having me, Matt. Here are my patent pending top three takeaways from today's show. One, entrepreneurship and leadership are at their best when they improve people's lives, whether developing a new technology to cure a disease or investing in someone's potential. Two, embrace reinvention or perish. Prior success can hold you back if you let it. Always be on the lookout for the next big thing and your next opportunity to stretch and grow. Three, fail your way into the future. Let go of your ego and prepare for the inevitable setbacks that will inch you closer to a big return on your investment. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. 
Every time you miss a show, a little part of me dies inside. Anyway, thanks for making this investment your leadership ability, and thanks for sharing this podcast with another aspiring leader who needs to hear it. All right, leaders, till next time, don't just manage the business when you can lead the people. I don't, I don't really know what a what eight track players. I know, I know what they are. I've heard of them, but like, have I ever used one? No.